You're listening to the Eat Scripture Podcast with Eric and Gina Robinson, and we are going through our series on Psalms, and today we're doing Psalm 95, and uh, it's, I can't read it without actually trying to sing it. I won't. I'll, <laughs> I'll refrain from that on here. We did learn a song yeah, that goes perfectly a with every word of this. Well, at least down to yeah, the first half until it gets kind of uh, sharp. Yeah, but we would not do that. You're right. We would not do that to any of our listeners. We are more yes. sensitive to your needs. But I love that song, and I love this psalm. So mm-hmm. um, I'm excited for us to get to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're interested in anything having to do with our ministry, go to eatscripture.com. And there is some explanation. We need to put up some more stuff. But uh, mm-hmm. if you have any questions or if there's a... Uh, if you'd like to attend a class, especially an in-person class, mm-hmm. uh, let us know yep. and we can connect you. Yep. You certainly yeah. can get in touch with us through that. And uh, right. so we can certainly answer questions and go over things. And you can also see a couple other resources that we have, some books, a couple of books that have been written mm-hmm. on there by me. And then another book by a friend of ours, um, some stuff that would be really, really helpful for kids and adults to yes. really understand this idea of seeing Jesus and all the scriptures better. Um, a few other things about scripture. So take a look if you like, and we will be happy to help you if we can. So, so now with that in mind, let's, that, let's go ahead and get started on Psalm 95. Absolutely. 95, like we said, this beautiful psalm. We're going to walk through it like we usually do, one piece after another. And it gets actually some pretty good attention in the New Testament at one point. So we'll talk about that too. Right. Let's, um, let's start in by reading through this whole psalm, you think? Okay, let's do it. All right. Psalm 95. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day at Massah in the wilderness, when your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof, though they had not se- though they had seen my work. For 40 years, I loathed that generation and said, they are a people who go astray in their hearts and they have not known my ways. Therefore, I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Hmm. Well, back to, so it ends kind of on a hmm, potentially rough, but it's not really rough. It's just potentially rough. It's don't do that. Now, don't do that. The it's first, not like they have, yeah. but... The first part of the psalm is really this acclamation. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Praise. How great God is. And praise then, for him calling everybody to praise. And then at the, that last little uh, section, last little verse uh, in verse 7, mm-hmm. the last part of that verse, mm-hmm. yes, where it says, there. today, if you hear his voice, yes. really is a turn That's the to turn. more of a prophetic rebuke, maybe? 
Um, uh, hmm. May, and maybe not prophetic. Well, it is going to be prophetic. We know it is going to be <laughs> prophetic. Um, but what did he mean it as? Just a caution, cautionary. Right. Um, now, don't right. let yourself He's reminding go there. them, hey, this has happened before. Don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's, that's a good way to put it. So back up to verse one, as we're just entering into this psalm, we get this call to worship. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us sing to Yahweh. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. That's definitely a great description for Yahweh. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. So there's our call to worship. Everyone come worship. Yes. We're going to worship Yahweh, the rock of our salvation. It's it called to worship. Definitely. And they may not even be at the place of worship at this point, but they're maybe even, I picture them as all going. Yeah, there. this and could be a kind of a um, song, sort of a psalm of ascent. I mean, mm-hmm. it, you know, right. it definitely could be um, in that, that type of thing range. Um, and so that's where they're headed. So it all sounds very glorious. They're going to come into his presence. They're going to bring their thanksgivings. They're going to use the the joyful noises used twice here. It's this joyful sound that they're going to make as they lift their praises to him. Their songs of praise. So it all sounds wonderful. This is exactly what you would hope for um, in a day to worship the Lord. And we hope that our own worship comes out joyfully. And um, like a wonderful praise to our God. I realize that not all of us feel that all the time. I totally get that. That's why there are songs Um, of lament. That's right. Other things as well. That's right. I think we we, don't always feel. (laughs) Yeah. What we don't want is apathy. It's fine to feel upset and yet still worship the Lord. Right. But the thing that it's not fine to feel is apathetic. Um, And we we just, you can't go in uncaring about him or what he right. does um and that's, distracted or, yeah i mean this just makes me think about how i need to really be present mm-hmm. and yes. not be distracted and not thinking about what i'm doing just going through the motions mm-hmm. and, uh, i agree so then we get to verse three and he's going to give us the reason why yes. everybody's being called to worship for Verse three, because four, the Lord is a great God, great Elohim, and a great king above all gods. Mm-hmm. Again, maybe a verse that we have a little bit of a difficult time with because in modern right. America, we don't think of a whole bunch of gods. There's well, just this yeah. one God, right? Um, who Even who the Jewish understanding of this uh, one God mm-hmm. that we worship uh monotheism mm-hmm. but still we have these kind of verses that we have to deal with mm-hmm. so. yeah so great king above all gods that's also elohim there in that mm-hmm. part of the verse mm-hmm. and so now we have but now we're talking about created beings with divine power with some right. sort of there that we would call them divine beings kind of a, a bunch of Beings who have the power and authority that God has given them to oversee things under his authority, but don't have the ultimate power that our God is he's the way one over with them. ultimate power. He's, right. he's the God who made everything and created everything. Right. And he's above all of them. Which this kind of, you know, goes back to Psalm 93 that, that we did earlier, mm-hmm. the last podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, this About proclaiming him as king. king. Yes. yes. Right. 
And in his hand, so in God's hand, verse four, are the depths of the earth, the heights of the mountains are also his. So from the very bottom to the very top, there's nothing that's not in his hand. He's got control of it all. The sea is his for he made it. He made it. You look out at the ocean and you think that's too big for anything to have made. Well, God made it. God actually did it himself and his hand form the dry land. He has everything. Um, everything is his. Nothing that is made was not made by him. That itself is a, is a great statement. This great statement about just how supreme he is becomes the reason for the first reason given for our worship. The first reason why we're called into worship. Right. Because look how great he is. Look how right. there's this nobody celebration like of creation and that it's all his. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yes. So he deserves this kind of worship, even just based on that. We should worship because of his power and preeminence over all things. Um, now, then we go to verse six and we get back to see how it starts the exact same mm-hmm. way verse one starts. Yes. We go straight back into this idea of a call to worship. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. So again, the call to worship, let us kneel before Yahweh, our maker, for he is our Elohim. So he, he made us God. too. Yes. Yep. Yep. And he made us. <laughs> so we are his. Mm-hmm. In, in, if we're going back to this last verse and we're hearing the parallelism, mm-hmm. then that means that we are his just as much as. Just as much as this, yes, exactly, this um, created order around us, we very much are his too. And so so as he continues on in verse 7, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. This takes us straight to the wonderful, wonderful shepherd imagery that we get throughout Mm -hmm. scripture about how much God loves us. So not only do we worship because he created all things, because he has the power to be over all things, but we worship because, oh my goodness, because he treats us like a shepherd would treat a sheep. Look at how much he loves us. Look at how much he cares for us. You know, it takes your mind straight to places like Psalm 23. No question. Isaiah 40, Uh where he talks about he will tend his flock like a shepherd. Mm -hmm. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are young. There it is. Yeah, that kind of talk right there. Or that are with young, yeah. That kind of talk. That's exactly it. And so there, if there is a reason to give him worship, surely that is it. He loves us so much. He cares for us so much. That gives us, um, should give us more of an impetus to bring our worship to Yahweh than anything else. If it's not enough that you just look around and go, oh my goodness, there must be an unbelievably powerful God to make all this stuff around me. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's reason to worship right there. But as if that's not enough, he treats us like a shepherd treats his sheep. He cares right. for us. He watches over us. He's constantly He's tender, um, tender with us. Gentle care. Wow. That's amazing. So, yes, there's our second reason to worship. So, so far, we've had verse 1 and 2, which was our call to worship, followed by verse 3, to, three through 5, our reason to worship having everything to do with his power, sovereignty, his ability, his, his creative, uh, the way he created everything. Then we returned, verse 6, to this call to worship. Then we went into the first three lines of verse 7 because he, here's our second reason to worship, because he loves us so much, because right. he cares for us. We're going to sing and we're going to bow down and we're going to mm-hmm. give him all of our praise. Yes. 
Then we get to verse, the very last line of verse seven. And we, like you had said before, we kind of turn a corner there. Yes. We kind of turn a corner. It's kind of sharp. Part of the point of the song. (laughs) Do you want to describe that? What the kind of basic of, of the rest of the song where, where it's headed? Well, it's, actually referring back to Exodus 17, 7, mm. and where um, it says, let me just read that mm-hmm. verse for you. But Yeah, because that story is quite well known, really, Yes, um, as far as... So this is where they were complaining, the people were in the wilderness complaining that they didn't have water. Right, right. And they um, haven't been gone very long from Egypt. No, I mean... They've just seen his great greatness and the way he can take care of problems and and uh, do amazing things. And they're already complaining in the desert. So um, Moses is, it says in verse 7, and he called the name of the place Massah. Massah, mm-hmm. is that right? Massah. And Meribah, because of the quarreling of the people of Israel and because mm-hmm. they tested the Lord by saying, is the Lord among us or not? Mm-hmm. Because they didn't have any faith yeah i mean they barely got away mm-hmm. and saw all these wonderful things god was doing for them and providing yeah and yet now the minute they're thirsty yeah they're complaining and thinking that they want to go back and um not mm-hmm. believing that god will provide mm-hmm. so this when it says today if you hear his voice do not harden your hearts as at meribah as on the day of Massah in the at Massah in the wilderness yeah I think I said that wrong, Matt. No, Massah. <laughs> I keep saying it Masah. wrong. Massah. You okay. got it right because usually Hebrew puts it, unless rarely it puts the um, emphasis on a different okay. um, um, syllable besides the end. So here, both of these are on the end, Massah, Meribah. Um, and this is, like you said, that passage that we're looking to. Mm-hmm. Now we've watched how they've received water in their time of need. But they really did shouldn't have complained in the first place. Right. That says when your point. fathers put me to the test and they put me to the proof. Yes. Though they had seen my work. Bam. There's the big deal right there. They had seen it. They watched yes. it happen. They knew he was. He's just about. opened he up the sea and let them walk across on dry land. Yeah. So did he really bring them out there now just to not give them any water? Come on. He's been doing amazing things mm-hmm. to save your lives. So why should you be worried about where the water's going to come from? Right. So this harden your hearts is really um, making our hearts dull and unresponsive to mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. Yeah. just making us, it's fortifying any disbelief we have when we do that. Yes. Back to that apathy we were talking about. Earlier. Yes, exactly. I was thinking about that when you said it. Yeah. So to point this passage out, is interesting that he would make the connection between these psalm hearers, singers, and this previous generation that wasn't allowed to come into the promised land, mm-hmm. um, which is where this is headed, of course. And We've of got course, that whole Numbers 14, 20 through 23 idea yes. where they weren't, they didn't believe, they weren't faithful. So God said, Any, everybody who saw my work, when I brought them out of Egypt, I'm not letting them go in. Right. Because they had they the 10 not. spies that went in and came back and that's right. Uh, didn't have faith. That's right. To go in and take the land. Yes. So you're not, they hardened their hearts. Yes. 
Um, Even though they were the ones who had seen him, the works that he could do. Then when they went right. in and spied out the land, they were like, well, he, you know, we couldn't do this. Oh, those this people are too big. Too much. Right. Um, so, so there's your faith problem and that's going to keep them out of the promised land. Well, that's what he's admonishing this group about. Yes. They're Don't going to worship. Like they're worshiping. And obviously it's going to entail some telling about the deeds of God. Mm -hmm. Some of the word of God is going to be expounded to these people. Yeah. And so they started with today. If you hear his voice, yep. don't harden your hearts. Exactly. Um, and this is something that the Hebrew writer picks up on the writer in the okay. new Testament. Um, Hebrews chapter three, verse 15 on following a little bit before that, even yeah. a couple of verses. Maybe seven, I had seven through 11. So maybe yeah. at three all the way really into four deep into four. Is the same. Right. This passage is being quoted actually a few times. And it's this very passage out of this very psalm. And the Hebrew writer is making it about life in Christ. Yes. The Hebrew writer reads this psalm and says, Hey, that's about, that's essentially about life in Jesus. That's really what that psalm is about. I mean, ultimately, that must be what God had in mind because the only true rest that can be entered into is in Jesus. That's right. the only real rest anybody, any hope of rest anybody has. Exactly. And so whenever he reads this, he's like, oh, the ultimate fulfillment obviously is in Jesus. So he starts using and quoting this psalm as if it is strictly about what it means to walk in life in Christ. Right. You're um, right. This does go all the way. All the way. He into, says it. He four. quotes this verse several times. Mm -hmm. Yep. In here in Hebrews, I didn't realize it went all the way. I just like four one even says, therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. That's right. This rest, it's um what and does that mean? I, I think we have <laughs> to. Yeah, we have to watch when we watch what the Hebrew writer's saying, and then we watch what the psalmist is saying. He's using it very much in line with mm -hmm where the psalmist is going. Mm -hmm. And the Hebrew writer says, he uses the word David when he talks about it being written. Now, we don't have a superscription on this psalm, but the Hebrew writer says David. Mm -hmm. um, now, and as we walk through this psalm, though, the admonition is not to become unbelieving people and people who test God right. when you're not sure wh where he is right. or what's going on. That's the admonition of this psalmist you i mean you continue to psalm, look oh, for signs we worship him ways. instead of just testing him all the time to prove that he's here by looking like you're saying by looking for signs right. um we're, we're not going to be those kind of people we're going to be the kind of people who are true and who worship and who acknowledge that he is all right. powerful and the people in, who are in our lives who are being addressed in the hebrews passage are are having an <laughs> in kind of coming up against a wall where they might decide this is a little too hard for us and kind these of not, Jews kind who of are wanting off. to abandon their faith in Jesus to go back to this to, easier ordinary yeah Judaism yes that's right that's exactly what's happening in Hebrew and that would be a rebellion the same way as what happened in the wilderness exactly so he grabs onto this psalm to encourage them to hey today is the day Today is the day today that David talked about today. Chapter um, Psalm 95, verse 7. 
Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as in the day at Massah in the wilderness, when your fathers put me to the test. You guys don't be like that, um, the song, uh, the Hebrew writer saying. Don't be like that either. Right. Don't test God. Don't harden your hearts now. You've entered into this great thing in Jesus. Don't don't start thinking now that that there's a it's better like it was before. Right. And you have a chance to really keep walking forward and to really know God through Jesus like He intended, and to have all of truly all of your needs met. Your yes. real need, any real need that you have, will be not just met but greatly exceeded. Right. Through Christ. So it's, every day is our today. Every day becomes the today. That we don't today, hear it, we don't harden our hearts. When we hear his voice. Yep. Don't harden your heart. Yep. That's it, which is the Hebrew writer's point. He makes a big point out of that today. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like, he says, if they would have entered rest back in the wilderness when they came into the promised land, then there would have been no reason for David to write this song. Right. But here he's saying there's still a chance to enter into rest. Mm-hmm. So that couldn't have been enough, the Hebrews writer's point. That couldn't have been enough what Joshua did when he led him into the promised land. There right. must have been something else that it was right. pointing toward. And so, and then by the time of David, you've still got this rest that people need to enter into. We're still looking mm-hmm. for this rest that we need to enter into. So the Hebrew writer said, well, finally, we've arrived at that in Jesus. So... Oh my goodness, now that we do get to enter into the rest, don't be the kind of people now who start questioning what it is that we've got in Christ. That's a beautiful, beautiful. I I love all of this because I love uh, talking about what that rest is. That that they were probably reading this as a getting ready for the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. This was the uh, praise song, Mm -hmm. getting ready for the Sabbath, Mm -hmm. uh, which they considered his rest. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're talking, and he was even then talking about a much bigger concept of yeah. rest, entering his rest, entering his salvation, his yeah. house. Um, and what we're, I mean, that's our goal mm-hmm. is to enter his rest. So I don't want to test him and harden my heart. Mm-hmm. So that I don't receive that. Right. Uh, I completely agree. And that becomes our call. The same as it is. Same as it is. There's only really, I mean, we could say we're up in the ante on it. Knowing what we know now. Right. They didn't know. We have more information. Uh, yeah. Uh, but this in verse eight, the do not harden your hearts as at Meribah. And then in verse 10 B, where it says they are people who go astray in their heart. Mm. Yep. Those are the same, I think. Yep. Repeating that. Yep. Right. They have not known my ways. They have. That's how you go astray, is you don't know his ways. Mm-hmm. So how do we know his ways? Well, it's not just how we think his ways are. Right. How we hope they are. How we wish they were. Mm-hmm. We have to stay in the word. Yeah. And right. hear his voice. Yes, definitely. And he will confirm that experience mm-hmm. of knowing him, of being close to him, of his provision for you. Um, yes. All of those. Walking near him. In that way, I just want to point out too that whole um, walking with him versus constantly looking for signs to confirm. Yes. There's a, that's, 
that's the problem here. Um, that was what Masa and Mirabal was about. Show mm-hmm. us, show us, show us. Where's God? Yeah. Where's God? Where's God? We, yeah. we don't see him. We need now. some water. Yeah. We don't see him. We need, you know, we're hungry. Right. Whatever it was, it was constant. It, which is what. And verse... I'm not saying they weren't thirsty. No, it wasn't <laughs> about not being thirsty. I mean, I'm with you. I think they were probably were many of them. If not most of them may have been thirsty. But faith was what God was teaching them. And so, hey, I'm not going to let any of you fall. You'll get everything in time. That's what where verse 9 in this psalm is headed, 95.9. When your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work. There's our, there's our right. big call right there. You watched me work in Egypt. You know what I'm capable of. And I did it out of love, obviously. You have yes. rescued you people out of love and for your connection to Abraham. Yes. And so you think I, you really think I'd let you fall? How can you be so quickly? We're talking about within days slash couple of weeks right. of being uh, led out of Egypt that now they're questioning whether or not God's even going to be there for them. God's like, hey, oh my goodness, you're wanting another sign now as mm-hmm. proof that I'm still here. I haven't given up on you. So when we get to Matthew chapter 16, the first several verses, one through six, we have in one through five, we have uh, Jesus talking to the Pharisees and the Pharisees asking him for a sign. Right. Right after he's fed. Right after the feeding of the 5,000. Yes. Right after the, actually, it's, it's the 4,000. Yeah. yeah. Right after the feeding of the 4,000. Right. And they, they meet him and they're like, show us a sign. And he, of course, is so fed up with them. He says, he calls them an evil generation, which should take us back to words mm-hmm. like this. Yes, generation. He's making a reference to a generation that mm-hmm. doesn't believe, that is an unbelieving generation. Right. So he calls them an evil generation and says no sign will be given except the sign of Jonah, and then leaves. And so no signs. Guess what? No signs. And then immediately in chapter 16, verse 6, tells the disciples, beware the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and in context, we must hear what's being said. He's telling them, don't be like them. Don't you dare start being faithless like that and constantly needing another sign coming to me to prove to you again that I'm the one that God sent right. that's here to protect you, that's here to love you. Look, you've got to be more faithful than that. Right. You've got to hold your faith more than that. That is exactly what that passage is saying. So to come here and see this, yes, that should bring that to our mind, bring Hebrews to our mind. That's what the Hebrew writers deal with, too, mm-hmm. that same kind of thing. Look, don't, you know what Jesus what? did for you. You've all felt it. You've all come to his Holy Spirit. You, you've received him. You know that he's the one that God has sent for you. Don't give up on what you know, so what so mm-hmm. recently you gave your lives mm-hmm. to because it was so life-changing. You knew it was life-changing. Yes. You know it is. Don't turn on it now and all of a sudden act And I like, think we have he? the same, same tendencies. tendencies. Same tendencies. And just how can we life. remember? We can remember the things that he did for us. Mm-hmm. But if you're having a hard time with even that sometimes, mm-hmm. just go read yeah. the scriptures. Because yeah. the even in the Psalms, yeah. the reciting over and over of the things that he has done. Right. Um, remind help yourself remind how great you. he is. Yeah. Yes, that he's not. He didn't bring you out of the, out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. 
to fail you. Right. That would be ridiculous. Of course. No, he brought us out. And he's going to he's going to take care of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We might be just a few days from the promised land. <laughs> and yet if we're gonna harden our hearts and complain, yeah, it may take four years. Right. And we might, you know. That generation didn't actually, yeah. Yeah, they didn't even get to see the promised land because of faithlessness. Right. Hence our big point. You can you can definitely be left out of the promised land because of faithfulness. Right. Either you're faithful to Jesus or you're not. It's that simple. Wow. Well, I, I really love this psalm, of course. I think it's beautiful. And the call to worship is awesome. And that's where we really find the heart of it, I think, is in that call to worship. And then that last part is just an, another cautionary. So don't, don't, don't let yourself be fooled into thinking that you need to test him um, to be there for you. And so just praise him. Praise him for his sovereignty. Praise him for his love right. that he shows all the time. Listen to his voice. Yes. And, yeah. Yeah. Remember who he is. Great. Great. Wonderful song. Um, Very good. Yeah. Love it. Again, um, had a great time walking through with you guys. Be sure and, um, you know, just post it on Facebook if you want or whatever, or send it to a friend. That would be great. But either way, we're just happy to have you join join us uh, as we walk through the Psalms. We'll continue to do that. We're going to jump all the way to Psalm 110. Next, a very well-known psalm, so take a look at that one. I might shed Um, a few tears as I turn the pages of the ones that we're (laughs) not doing. Yeah, exactly. There's many good ones between here and there, but, man, we had to make our choices, so we're still doing it. Um, But we do love that you guys are with us, and we will look forward to talking to you again in a very short time, just a few days. So have a great few days, and we'll see you soon. Thanks.